Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I want to talk to you today, and the title of my message this morning is Real World. I want to talk to you this morning about a real world that you can't see. The Bible says that it's the unseen that created the seen. It's the invisible that created the visible. Therefore, the unseen world, the real world, is more real than the world you see. I didn't know any of this. I grew up, you know, I was a Christian since I was six years old. I grew up, but I didn't realize that there was a world that I couldn't see that was affecting my life. I didn't realize there were angels and demons, good and evil, uh, competing for my life. One wants to make it good. One wants to destroy it. I didn't really know about that stuff, so I just lived about my life doing things sometimes that I probably shouldn't do, other times doing things that I should do, but I didn't realize that I could have potentially been affected by a world I didn't see. But it's real. Today I want to open your eyes to a world that is real that you can't see. Because if you're not engaged in it, it's liable to destroy your life. I didn't know about it, but about 18 years ago, my uncle, who I've... uh, talk to a lot. Actually, I feel like I need to get him down here to preach to us at one of these times. Um, but he, 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 ex- he exposed me to the, to the spirit world. And he said, uh, he started talking to me about angels and demons. He started talking to me about how he would pray for people and they would be delivered and be set free. And how young ladies would speak to him with deep male voices. And back then that was weird. But, it, but he knew it wasn't the voice of the woman, it was the voice of a demon. And he, and he started to, to realize that if, he, that if he spoke in the name of Jesus, and if he declared the blood of Jesus, that that voice, that thing that was energizing that voice had to leave that girl. And so he started to tell me all these crazy stories about miracles, signs, wonders, people getting healed, people getting delivered. And I got excited. Some of you are freaked out. If you're freaked out and you're in here, don't be freaked out. It's okay. You'll, you'll, you'll understand as we come to the end, but don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. And so I started talking to him, and I invited him down to have a, uh, a seminar here in San Diego, and I invited a bunch of people. And so we put on, he put on this seminar, and as I was listening to him, he talked about a lot of different things. But one of the things he said, or a couple of things he said that stuck with me was, he said, sometimes that things that you do give access to the spirit world. And then they start to put pressure on you and start to cause you to do things that you wouldn't have normally done, perhaps. And so I said, okay. And so then he started to list a bunch of different things that could potentially give access to demons. And he said, one of the things is chance. One of the things is uh, Ouija boards. Um, and so I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I know all that other stuff's probably crazy too, but those are the things that kind of hit me. So I went back to my uh, house, and I laid down on my bed, and one of the things that he talks about is the word if. 
He said that God gave him the word if many, many years ago because if he's not quite discerning what's happening with somebody, he says if this is energized by demons in the name of Jesus, get out. And so it kind of, it kind of allows you to not be perfect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I laid down on my, on my bed and I said, Lord, if I've been affected or oppressed because of my actions with Ouija boards or chants, because back in the day I did like a light as a feather, stiff as a board kind of thing. I don't know if you remember that. And um, so I said, if that has affected me in any way, shape, or form, in the name of Jesus, I command you now to get off my life. And I kid you not, I felt like there was a something laying on me, and it started to leave me, and as it left me, wherever it left, my hair stood up. So it's like my hair stood up all the way down to my feet. And I was like, whoa. I don't know what just happened, but I feel better. I don't know if that was a demon that left me or if God was just showing me something in the real world that I can't see, but that was exciting, that was cool. And I feel better. And so my, my hair stood up and it was like started me on, on, this, on this journey. And it's an exciting journey. Come on, I grew up with weak sauce Christianity. This is called spiritual warfare, power, faith, Spirit-filled, Holy Ghost Christianity. Full contact Christianity, I call it. And I'm grateful for my upbringing because I got saved, I learned the Bible and all of that stuff, but this is just like next level. It's awakened style. Actually, this is Bible style. It's Bible style, sorry. Sorry, Lord. Okay. So I want to tell you a story that, was gonna, that is going to um, maybe awaken some of you to the real world. The world that you can't see but is very, very, very present. As I've been studying over the last few weeks this stuff, and if you're ever like bored of Christianity, just start looking into this stuff, Pastor Ron Aquacha. It's so good, huh? It's so powerful. You start to realize the power that you have. I love it's freedom month here. And so people are going to get free today. But I, re I was reading this story or listening to this story about this guy. And he's talking about how he had his family that were Christians. They went to a Baptist church. And they were like the no police. Like, no, you can't do that. 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 And then his friend's parents, his friend's house, they went to the same church, were like the you-can-do-anything parents. And so he could do whatever he wanted. It was almost like that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> and you have a, ch a choice to pick, like, the ways of the rich dad or the poor dad. Well, he, he went over to this dad, and this dad was like, you can watch whatever you want to watch on TV, including porn, X-rated movies. You can eat, you know, Doritos, drink Coke, eat whatever you want. You can do drugs, smoke marijuana, 12 years old. You can drink alcohol. 12 years old, you can engage in sexual activity over here. You can do anything that you want. And so in his 12-year-old mind, he looked at this house that had never given him anything, or God, he, he, he equated it to God, never giving him anything. But at this house, this family, whatever they were doing was giving him everything. And his parents didn't care if he went over here because they both went to the same church. Because the devil is a liar. He will dress people up 
like in good church clothes. They probably even said when someone asked them how they're doing, I'm blessed and highly favored, brother. Covered in the blood. That's probably what they said, but they weren't Christians. They were satanic. It was a satanic family planted in the church. So he's, so he's going over there and his, and his parents don't care because he's with this Baptist family. And they're giving him all these drugs. They're giving him all this stuff. At 13, he sells his soul to the devil. 13. He proceeds to be addicted to drugs, alcohol, magic, and sex when he's by, by the time he's 15. And he said it all started back in elementary school when he went into the bathroom with 40 other kids and they started to do a chant, the Bloody Mary chant. And apparently, don't do it, but apparently if you do this chant, there's a face that shows up in the mirror of like a, a Bloody Mary or, some, or something. And so there's 40 kids that went in, and as soon as the faith, face came up, 39 ran out, but he stayed. And that was the beginning of the end for him. He started to, to do it uh, every day at school, and then he said, well, I don't need all these other people to do it. I'm going to do it at my house. So he starts doing this chant by himself, and he starts realizing that he can make this face appear. And then he's like, this is like magic. So he starts doing magic stuff. And so he starts doing magic, and even to the point where he was doing spells and, uh, and money was, was coming to him. So now he could get money. He could do spells. He had all this power. He could conjure up this, this face by himself. And so he just got addicted to magic. So he was doing all of these different things from the time he was 12, 13 years old, even after he sold his soul to the devil. He was so defiled by the time he was 21, he had been involved in, in, in child porn stuff. He's having sex with, with people. They're abusing him, but he doesn't know it's abuse. He thinks they're giving him something. So by the time he's 21, he becomes the high wizard in a satanic coven which is part of the largest satanic organization in the world. A high wizard, he said, there's only between two to five at any one point in the world. And there could only be one and possibly up to ten, but typically it's between two and five in the world. So he could have been the most powerful satanic follower in the world at 21 years old, the high wizard. He had all the money that he needed. He could have all the sex that he wanted to have. He could have all the drugs he wanted to have. Anything that came out new, he tried. He had all the alcohol he wanted to. He could do all the magic he wanted to do. He was doing magic for kings, for presidents, for entertainers, influential entertainers all over the world. They would invite him in. That was his job. He would do magic for them. He said between the years of 1987 and 1999, if you weren't already a rock star or an influential musician, he probably made you. The devil is a liar. He uses people to deceive us. He's working in every sphere of culture, including politics. That's why we can't just vote, we got to pray. He said every president that he knew of was put into place by the Illuminati while he was involved. Everybody has ties. I don't know how far to go with this. So many things, so many things, so many things, so many things. 
So he's doing all these spells for all these famous people, putting people in power. He said, go listen to the music in the 80s and 90s. The, 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 the words were terrible. How do you think they became number one hits? Why did that person become famous? I put them there. I preached uh, uh, maybe two months ago about something similar to this, but I didn't even realize the depths until I was listening to this. So he's part of this coven, and he's said he was part of 146 abortions. He said abortion is satanic sacrifice. And I think we kind of like know that, know that it's driven by the devil and all that kind of stuff and that it's evil, but they use it for sacrificing to, to the devil. And, and I'm not condemning anybody that that's happened to as far as abortion. I'm just telling you what he said. So 146 abortions he was a part of. Um, assisting in. He was a part of 120 church splits. Church splits. And so while he was doing all of this, he realized at some point that even though he's one of the most powerful Satanists in the world, in his mind, people in the world, he could have all the drugs, all the sex, all the alcohol, all the magic, he realized there was a void. He said, nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. He tried everything. Everything new that came out, he tried. Still had a void. Still had a void. One day he encountered a woman. Sorry. One day he decided to leave the coven. You can't just leave the coven. You either get murdered or you commit suicide. That's how you leave the coven. So you can't just leave. So he had never heard of anybody leaving. And so, he, but he, he said, I can't do this anymore. Like there's nothing new. Like I'm, there's a void. I got to get out of here. So he, he devises this plan and escapes the coven and just continues to drive. And he escapes the coven, gets a job in a random city, and starts working. And this woman comes into his store. He's, a re he's in retail selling jewelry. And she wanted to buy a pair of earrings. So she comes in, buys a pair of earrings. Then she gives him something, and it's this little gold, gold coin. She was a Catholic woman. She gives him this gold coin, and he said, I'm not going to tell her that... Uh, I sold my soul to the devil when I was 13. I'm not going to do anything she says because if I tell an evangelistic person that I'm not going to do it, they're just going to evangelize me more. <laughs> and so he's, he, does, he tells her he's not going to uh, do it or whatever. But when she hands him the little gold piece of jewelry, he holds it like this. And he said immediately he's into this dark void. His shop had disappeared. It's just him and her in this dark void. And she begins to get words of knowledge about his life. And she says, you've been a part of over 100 abortions. You've been a part of over 100 church splits. You've done drugs. You've done this. You've done this. And he said he wanted to attack her, but he couldn't because of the presence of God. But also he didn't want to leave her. He was attracted to her. So it was like this conflict that he was having. And he said while he was in this dark void, he, the fear of God hit him because he realized that she was a representative of God, and then he saw the face of Mary. She was a Catholic woman. And then he turned, and he saw the face of Jesus. And he said as soon as he saw the face of Jesus, he felt the mercy and the grace he never knew existed before that moment. But in his mind, he said, I can't go there because I sold my soul to the devil when I was 13. I can't do it. And then he said it was like God spoke to him and said, 
You can't sell something that doesn't belong to you. You were bought at a price. I paid full price for you. Your soul's not for sale. You've been pre-purchased for salvation. All you got to do is come to me. So his whole life got turned around. And he ended up, to this day, he's shut down 40 abortion clinics. He's got his own ministry. Because you can't sell something that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Jesus. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians 6. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, but you were bought at a price. You were bought at a price. I don't know about you, but that rocked me. It rocked me. How many people are out there saying, I made too many mistakes to come to Christ. I've done too many bad things. I maybe even sold my soul to the devil. And they've believed a lie from the devil that told them their life is over, that told them they can't come back to Christ, that told them God hates them. But Jesus died for everybody. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Your life was pre-purchased by Christ on the cross. All you got to do is to accept the gift. You just got to come to him and believe. Jesus paid the ultimate price. There's no price the devil can pay for you. God ain't selling you. You're not for sale. All you got to do is by faith believe in him. One of the things I knew but I know even more is that the devil is a liar. He wants to destroy you. He will offer you the things of this world. But they have no value according to the real world. That's where the real value is. John 10.10 10 says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we have a choice. Do we believe in Jesus and the ways of the Bible or do we believe in the devil and his ways that lead to destruction? We have a choice. Or do we believe in a little bit of both? <laughs> Either way, the last two is going to wreck your life. If you're one foot in and one foot out, you're unusable by God. He says he'll spit you out, lukewarm. And if obviously if you're following what the devil wants you to do, then you're unusable. However, if you're two feet in going the wrong way, God can switch you around and make you go the right way because you're passionate at least. At least you have two feet in. Saul to Paul, read the Bible. He was going the wrong way. God said, oh, you, I like you. You got zeal. You got zeal. You got passion. Watch this. He turns him around. Prolific writer in the New Testament. So the last two you don't want to be, you want to follow Christ. You want to follow Christ. Because the devil is at work to destroy us even though we can't see it. That's why Jesus came. 1 John 3, 8 says this. He who sins is of the devil, meaning belongs to or follows the devil. He has sinned from the beginning, the devil has. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of of the devil. So the devil is doing works. Jesus came to destroy it. The devil is doing works to destroy the one thing that Jesus said he was going to build. The church. 
the church. Matthew 16, 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Who is the church? Me and you. We're the church individually and we're the church corporately. The devil is working to destroy you personally and destroy us corporately. And he's hoping they meet in the middle for destruction. That's what he's doing. He's doing it behind the scenes and you can't see it. Today I want to open your eyes that, that there's, there's a devil and he's trying to do things to wreck our lives. But if we follow Jesus, he don't have access to you. But he's working against you corporately and individually on a micro level and on a macro level. He talked about church splits, 120 of them he was involved in. They split up churches by gossip, financial, fraud, and sexual immorality. Those are the three things that they use. He said that the devil is strategic and he's patient. He said there are, there are times when a little girl whose family goes to church, they dress like church people, but they're part of the satanic cult. And they are, this little girl's as, as early as like three or four placed in a church with one assignment. When you turn 16, you're going to have sex with the pastor. He said they're willing to wait 12 years to destroy the church corporately. They're into church splits. They plant people in financial places. They start gossip. They start telling this person, oh, did you know what he said about you? And they go to that person, he said about you. And they infiltrate. And they split things. That's why you got to have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. That's why I'm thankful that my pastors know about the real world and they've discerned people and families and things that have tried to come and destroy our church. It's happened. People have come in here, but they're not here no more. They're not here no more. Here's one for you, Taylor Swift. Listen, my daughter was just singing one of her songs the other day. But the devil will go to the highest of highs. And she's only famous because of Travis Kelsey anyways. But just saying. If you don't know what that means, you're not on social media. Okay. So Travis has made her famous. Okay. And she started out on the path. But there is videos, music videos of her basically dying and resurrecting in a satanic environment. The devil is subtle and he's willing to wait. He's willing to wait for your, he's willing to draw you and he's a liar. He's a liar. And if you start to follow things and you're not discerning of the real world, you may fall into a trap. And it's like nowadays people are so open about it, Jay-Z. I mean, they don't even care. They'll just tell you, I'm a, I've sold my soul to the devil. And we just follow him because we don't think the real world matters or exists. But he's just planning. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. He's willing to wait. So when we, when we sin, like that scripture says, we belong to the devil or we follow him. When you, when you, when you follow him, when you um, do the things that he wants you to do, you give him more access. When you follow Christ in the biblical way of living, you give him less access. You can fortify your life against him. The Bible says that he is like a, lion, a roaring lion 
roaming around, seeking whom he may devour, or seeking who he has access to. And if you are close to Christ, he can't have access to you. He, his attacks won't do much to you. Now, if you're, if, you're, if you're out there as a Christian and you're influencing people and you're doing the right things, he may attack you more, but his attacks have less power. The Bible says that he can't see you if you are in Christ. You are hidden in Christ. Colossians 3, 2 to 4. Set your mind on things above, says Colossians, not on things on the earth. The devil wants to offer you things on the earth. Oh, man, I got fame for you. I can make you famous. Come on, all the drugs make you high. That's when you say, yeah, I serve the most high. That drug ain't going to get me high enough to let go of the most high. It says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The Bible says you died into his baptism and you are risen together with him in his new life. So, so, so when you are following Christ, you are hidden. But as you begin to sin, you start to break away from his covering. And you become partially exposed. And the blood of Jesus, the covering that's over your life, you now are exposed to the enemy as you begin to sin. I'm not saying every time you sin, there's a devil going to come on you. I'm not saying that. He can't be everywhere all the time. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the more you dabble, the more access, the more exposure, the more he has access to you. We want to be hidden in Christ. He wants things, he wants your mind on the things of this world. I'm trying to get your mind on the things of that one. Matthew eleven twelve says this, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Come on, where are my military people right now? That should excite you, Pastor Charles. Should excite everybody, because we can be violent in the spirit realm. Full contact Christianity. This is good stuff. I always say the devil doesn't respond to, to passivity and nice. He responds to power and authority. Just look at the Middle East. It's the same in the natural as it is here. They don't respond to nice negotiation. They respond to authority. It's the same in the spirit realm. I looked up some commentaries about the, the violence in the kingdom of God. And it says, the violent taking it by force are people of keen enthusiasm and commitment who are willing to respond to and propagate with radical abandonment, a message and dynamic of God's reign. That's the kind of people I want to be. I want to be the kind of people that pray until something happens. I want to be a, a person that knows who I am in Christ Jesus. I want to be a person who realizes that I have been given authority over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt me. I want to know that, that, that anything I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Anything I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I want to be violent. Because if you're not violent in the spirit realm, the spirit realm will overtake you. You can't negotiate with. You got to cast them out. You got to confront them. You got to stand with Jesus. The easiest scripture I can tell you how to fight spiritually in spiritual warfare for yourself is found in James 4 7. Spiritual warfare is simple, but it's not always easy. But this scripture, therefore, submit to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
So, so you have to, so at, when you submit, you gain authority. When you submit to Christ, you gain his authority. That's why he was terrified of the woman. Because she was submitted to God. And he was like, oh man, I haven't seen this power. My little magic ain't nothing to, compared to this power. So when you submit to God every area of your life, then when you resist the devil, you got heaven backing you up. You got the blood of Jesus backing you up. Come on, you can speak to the devil and say, they call you the prince of the power of the air. <laughs> Princes serve kings. I serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In the name of King Jesus, get out of my life. Prince, bow your knee to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We, 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 we resist the devil with our voice and with our actions. I like the starvation method, which I don't know if that's a biblical term. I know it's not a biblical term. I don't know if it's like a term, but it's my term that I use to talk about what Jesus did in the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil came at him three times and said, offered him everything in the world that you can see. You can have all the kingdoms. He even said, hey, do some magic. Turn that stone into bread. And Jesus is like, three times, it is written. Nope, devil, it is written. Nope, devil, it is written. He gave him the word. He, he used his voice. So what does the Bible say? The devil left him. Devil left him. If the devil has nothing to eat in your life, he will starve and leave and go find somewhere else where he can eat. Years ago, I, I, I sent an email to my whole office and said, do not send me any more Porno, pornographic pictures or anything because I live I worked with a bunch of dudes and they would just send all this stuff around and you'd think it was like an inspirational story and it was and so eventually when the devil would come and say look at this look at this look at this I would say and I said no 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 eventually that voice got really really quiet he's like I'm hungry and there's nothing to eat here. I'm going to go find somebody else whom I can devour. It's called the starvation method. That's how we resist the devil. That's how we resist the devil. And when you pray to God or when you declare and speak to things, because sometimes people pray about the thing instead of speaking to the thing. We get confused. What's prayer? What, it's kind of confusing, but you, you, you declare a thing or you speak to a thing. When you pray to God, you ask him for things. You talk to him about things. But then when you, when you need breakthrough, when you need to cast out a demon, when you need somebody to get healed, you speak to the thing. You declare that thing as it already is. It's like the, it's like the story where the, the five fish and the two loaves, and, and they come to him and they say, Jesus, you better give these guys something to eat. And he goes, you give them something to eat. I've given you power and authority to do things. You give them something to eat. Peter and John come to the gate, beautiful, and they don't say, Jesus, heal this person. They say, I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Come out of him. So, so Jesus has given us authority to do things. So when you speak a thing or when you pray, you're engaging in, in the real world. You're, you're enlisting angels and, 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 and encouraging conflict in the kingdom realm. It's pretty exciting. That when you pray, angels are dispatched on your, on your behalf. And demons are like, oh, no, he's praying. They're on the run. Like in Daniel, if you, if you read the Daniel, we, we kind of all know the story of Daniel, the Daniel fast, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Bible says that he started to pray, and, uh, and the Bible kind of peels back the spiritual world for us, the spirit realm for us. And, and it says that an angel descends to Daniel, and it says in Daniel 10, 6, 
His body was like barrel, which I just learned last service from Jacob Berger, uh, that it's a, it's a, I didn't know what it was, but it sounded cool, but now I know what it is, and it's, it's a precious stone, and it, it was known to even fight off demons and bring joy and all this kind of stuff. So his body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms like feet burnished in bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. That's powerful. Those are the kind of angels you're dispatching on your behalf. It ain't some Hallmark movie angel. <laughs> this angel means business. He's coming from the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's when you pray, you're coming with that kind of fire. And then it says, Daniel, from the first day that, that, that you humbled yourself, and it was because of your words that I was released on your behalf. You got to use your mouth. The devil can't read your mind. You got to use your mouth and, 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 and command him to do things. Angels and demons are a real thing. I, I've shared this story, but my uncle uh, a number of years ago told me this story, and he said that he had brought this person with him in his ministry, this woman, I think it was a woman, in his ministry with him in the car to drop off his kids to school in the morning. And it was, a, a, you know, like, a, like a, a normal school, probably a Christian school, actually, I don't know. But they come to a school, and there's like, you know, 100 kids, let's say, getting dropped off and walking into class in the morning. And this person, woman that was with him, sees in the spirit realm. Some people are gifted to see things in the spirit realm. And, and they see things, and they see angels, and they see demons, and they see spiritual activity. And so this woman was gifted in that. She had come from the New Age stuff, and so she was very sensitive spiritually, and so she could see stuff. And so the, the, his, his two kids were walking into school, and she turns to him and she says, why is it that out of maybe 100 kids, only your kids have angels with them? And I love my uncle because he was like, I don't know. Let's ask Jesus. And so they sit together and they pray and they felt the word of the Lord come and say, the reason that your two kids have angels and nobody else has angels is because you asked. That's it. You have not because you ask not. And so you better believe from that point until now, this guy's been praying for his kids to have angels being released and assigned to them. Angels released and assigned to me, to my wife, to my church. Every single day. Because what if they don't? I call for reinforcements all the time. Come on, I'm trying to get every piece of this real world out there that, that I haven't got yet. So I'm going to ask Jesus for all of it. Now, when you confront a demon, you're not necessarily releasing an angel to go drive out the demon because Jesus says you have authority over all the powers of the enemy. But you're coming at him with an angel like that behind you, with the blood of Jesus behind you, with all of heaven backing you so that when you speak, you're not on your own. You're backed by the blood of Jesus. You're backed by the word of God. You're backed by an angel with barrel. It's like David and Goliath. The David and Goliath is like spiritual warfare 101 for me. David comes to Goliath. He says, you come at me with sword and spear and javelin, all these earthly things, all these inferior tools. I don't know if you're aware, Goliath, but there is a real world that I'm connected to. I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And today, this day, I'm going to take your head. I'm going to feed it to the carcasses so that the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. It's spiritual warfare. Come on, that's the kind of firepower we need. 
That's the kind of firepower we need to be. That's who you are. When you come to Christ, come on. You got all of that. You're all of that in a bag of chips. You're all of it. And all you got to do is believe. It's not just for the people on the stage. It's for us. It's for us. Come on, I had a guy the other day, Brian, tell me, cast out a demon in his workplace. That is cool. Go into all the world. Go into all the world. So to cast out a demon, all you got to do is believe. You got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know that you got a big old angel behind you, that you got the blood behind you, that you got Jesus behind you. Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow those who what? Believe. First thing they say, in my name, cast out demons. I'm telling you, when you set somebody free by the power of the blood of Jesus and their life completely transforms, it's unbelievable. I was delivered that day on my bed, and I've been delivered a bunch of times since. Even as recently as last Emerge. When I go to Emerge, I, you know, we have these burdens, these pieces of wood, and, and I don't want to just write on the piece of wood what everybody else writes because I'm a dude. Because thankfully I don't struggle with pornography. I don't struggle with lust. That's not who I am. I starve that demon. So I'm not just going to write it down because everybody else, I'm going to write down, God, what is it that I need to get free from? I know there's probably something. What if? So he says, you got rejection on you. And I was like, really? I don't remember being rejected. My life's been pretty good. I got dumped a couple times, you know. So I've been kind of thinking it through. And I think it was a lie that the devil put on me. Maybe even when I got into ministry. I don't belong here. You can't do this. This isn't who you are. The stuff you did in the past. You're an athlete. You don't even know the Bible. You didn't even read the Bible growing up. You didn't pay attention in church. I don't know exactly where it came in. But I know it's affecting me. My wife would complain or talk about stuff we're struggling with in our family. And instead of coming alongside with her, I'd internalize it like it was my fault. And I, would put, and it was, I felt rejected. Like I wasn't good enough. I didn't provide good enough. I didn't lead good enough. I wasn't a good enough father to my kids. And we're struggling here or he's struggling there or she's struggling there because it was, it was me. And so I reject myself <clears throat> and I would get quiet. And I would just shut down. It's rejection. So when I'm at a merge, I write down rejection on my, on my board. And I go and pray with the boys. And I had like three or four of my brothers praying with me against it. And that day I felt so much better. That night I felt so much better. So even as soon as like three weeks ago, my wife was talking about stuff. I can't remember what it was. And I felt like this, this it was almost like I felt like this spirit. I was sitting on the couch. felt like the spirit come on me. And it was almost like, ah, I failed. I'm rejected. But then I recognized the lie. So hey, hang on a second. I ain't rejected. I am blessed in Christ. I'm a good father. I'm a good husband. I can be better. I'm a good leader. I can be better, but 
I'm not going to be rejected and shut down like a little wuss because some girl might have dumped me in high school or whatever. I don't know. In the beginning, God separated lightness, light from dark. When that word came in, I separated that dark word from light, and I realized that was darkness. So I said, in the name of Jesus, get off me, rejection. I don't receive you. And even as soon as three weeks ago, whatever that was, a month ago, I feel like better than ever in that area. And I reckon it's been affecting me for a long time. I just didn't know it. But what if there's something affecting you? What if something came on you for something you didn't even realize? And today you have an opportunity to get rid of it by the power of the blood of Jesus. Why don't we stand to our feet? The first reality you need to know in the real world is that Jesus is the king of the real world. He's also the king of this world. He's the king of that world. And when you submit to him, you gain his authority. So if you have never invited Jesus into your life, you need to do it today. He will, let, he will open your eyes to things that you've never seen before. You will get a discernment and a conviction in your spirit, and you'll be able to discern things. You'll be able to start to separate light from darkness. So we're going to have the ministry team up here in a minute, and I want you to come up, and I want you to accept Jesus. But right now I want to pray a prayer. I want you to repeat after me, and then I'm going to pray over you. After you repeat after me and after I pray over you, the worship team is going to lead us in a song. The ministry team is going to be at the front. And if you need prayer for anything, I want you to come forward and get prayer. Because what if? What if? What if you don't even know? I prayed for people they didn't even know. All of a sudden stuff starts manifesting. They get free. They're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know. You know why? Because the devil's a liar. He deceives us. So I want everybody to, pre to repeat after me. I promise it's a good prayer. Say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I ask for your forgiveness for my actions. I forgive those that have hurt me. I ask, Lord, that you would renew and transform my heart and mind. Create in me a clean heart and a right spirit within me. Now say this strong. I declare the finished work of the cross and the blood of Jesus over my life. I submit to the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus, I come against every unclean spirit and I break its hold over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, clap for Jesus real quick. Now I'm going to pray for you, okay? Just lift your hands. And then, you, and then the worship team is going to sing and we're going to, uh, the, the ministry team is going to come up. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I come against and I break the power of generational curses, of spirits of fear, of spirits of infirmity. I break word curses. I break the power of inner vows. I break the power of the occult divination, witchcraft, sorcery, spells, magic. In the name of Jesus, I break your power. I break the power of sexual sin and soul ties in Jesus' name. I break the power of spirit of death, agreement with lies, bitterness, rejection, 
unforgiveness. In the name of Jesus, I command you now to loose the people of God. Loose the people of God. Father, I thank you that we can't sell our soul because you own it. Devil, get off our lives. Get off our bodies. Get off our spirits. Get off our souls. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.